Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today we are reading 2 Kings 5, but before we jump in, a quick thank you to all of you who have left reviews on the podcast. That truly helps new listeners and readers find Join the Journey, but it also helps uh, maybe even some find Join the Journey and start reading their Bible for the very first time. So it's it's not uh, unnoticed that you've taken the time to leave a review. We're really grateful for your kind words, and it's it's encouraging to hear what God is teaching you and read about that in that review space. That said, today I am in the podcast studio with the one and only Kendall Kegler. Thanks for having me, Emma. Happy to be here. I am so glad you're here. My long lost coworker. I know it's been a minute. It has been Back a minute. We were on the same team. Gosh, now it's been what, two years? Yeah, almost three. Almost three. Crazy. Three years ago, I, I was on the porch team with you. Amen. Bring it back. <laughs> uh, you know, the Join the Journey listeners would be quite sad <laughs> if, if that happened, but but I love hanging with you guys, and I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited for everyone listening to hear a little bit about, a little bit more about you. How'd you come to know the Lord, and then yeah. what, what do you do in your day-to-day life? Yeah, great question. So I have been at Watermark for 25 years. And you're how old? Crazy. I'm 26. <laughs> so, <laughs> so literally was, your entire— my life. entire life. So I was a baby in red when Watermark started. And so genuinely grew up with every tool, every solid foundation you can imagine just to be set up to love the Lord really mm. well. I went through every kid's ministry. I just was in all the environments to love the Lord. But I would say my own sin came into play when I went into high school and realized that probably the Lord had a hold of my head way more than he had a hold of my heart in terms of I hit high school, hit a new territory, and really quickly started finding life in grades and sports and boys and people and all of these things. And so quickly just was playing Christian, playing, just trying to convince everybody who saw my life that I love the Lord. And what I would now say is God's kindness was Him knocking me flat on my back about my freshman or sophomore year of high school through autoimmune disease. So got Lyme disease, got chronic Epstein bar I mean, you name it, I had it. But I was sick in bed for months at a time, just in a ton of pain. Was told I wasn't going to college, was told the rest of my life was pain. You're in bed. That's your identity. And I, in that and moment— your future. My future, right, that I was going to be in bed in pain. And in that moment, I had the opportunity to wrestle with the Lord and be like, God, are you good if I'm in the middle of hard? Are you good if that's my future? Do I believe everything I've claimed to my whole life? And so I wrestled for about six months with the Lord and finally came to know, love, and trust a God who was using my pain and had a purpose in it and who was making me look more like Him in suffering and who was kind enough to use hardship to bring me closer to Him and grow dependence on Him. And so I would say since then, the years of my life have just been figuring out what intimacy with the Lord looks like, still walking through a ton of daily pain with the Lord. He is still chipping away at my sinful self with that. But yeah, today I landed on the young adults team at Watermark. And so I get to serve, I get to serve with the young adults on Tuesdays at the porch. And so me and Josiah get to care for and lead our leaders and volunteers who come and genuinely own and run our ministry. 
which if you are a young adult in Dallas Come or on. you know a young adult in Dallas, Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. That's it. At the Watermark North Dallas location. That's it. We'd love to see you there. We would love that. Kendall will be waiting with open arms. I will be. I will just save seats and come tell them. Yes, she will. She will. But that's Tuesday. Today, we are in 2 Kings 5. And I'm going to let you, Kendall, just give us a summary. What are we looking at here in today's chapter? Yeah, absolutely. So when you kind of dive into 2 Kings 5 up top, you find a couple things. So the main the main character of this chapter is Naaman, who is a Syrian military commander, and he's had great military success, but he has leprosy. And so his king basically has heard of this prophet in the northern kingdom, Elisha, not Elijah, which Elisha. is so confusing. It is his disciple, Elisha. So he's heard of him it in the really northern kingdom. It really is king. so confusing. Right? feels like they, they did that on yeah, purpose. They could have had much. different names. Like even more than a letter difference would have been right. awesome. But, um, they've heard about the northern Yes, they've, they've heard that he's performing miracles. They've heard that he's healing. And so the king of Syria basically is like, I'm going to send my top commander, Naaman, to the king of Israel, to that prophet Elisha, to see if they can heal him. And so when they kind of go over there, Naaman essentially asks for healing. Elisha says, yes, but Elisha says, go dunk yourself in the Jordan River seven times to be healed and you'll be healed. And Naaman gets really angry and really confused and is like, that is that is a strange way for you to heal me. I had something else in mind. And eventually his servants come to him and are like, hey, isn't it worth a shot? Like, shouldn't you maybe just try this, see if healing is worth it? And so he ends up dunking in the river and ends up being healed. Hmm. Excellent overview. I know we're really focusing on more the first half of this mm-hmm. this passage, this yeah. story. So what stood out for you? Yes, it's in verses 10 and 11 when Elisha sends a messenger and says, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry and went away saying, behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Um, that stood out to me because, again, as someone who's dealt with my own pain and my own suffering, if someone offered healing to me, sure, I don't care how they said it. I'd be like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm doing it. You're- I would do whatever you asked me to. If it meant I was going to be healed and was going to not be in pain anymore, I would do it. And what so was convicting for me is Naaman almost missed healing because God answered his prayer differently than he expected him to. Naaman almost missed one of God's best good gifts to him because he had an idea of how God would answer that prayer of what good was. And it was so convicting for me to read that and just think of all the times where I asked the Lord for something and he answered, he just answered differently than I thought he would. Like, for example, in my life that has been, God, would you heal me? And instead of healing me of my disease, of my physical pain, he has instead healed me of independence and self-reliance and pride and all these things. Or a different example, if you were, God, what's my next career? It is God, instead of just handing you a job, often will close a door that ends up being something really good. And so I just was really convicted of the ways that I'm like, God's going to answer my prayer this way, and it's going to be my definition of good. And this was such a good reminder for me that God's definition of good is different, better, and higher than mine. And his prayers, when he answers them, are often in ways that I'm not expecting, but they're still really good. I heard you say two two things, Kendall, that I, I loved. Uh, number one, Naaman almost missed it because God answered differently. And I just want to let that sink in. Like The key was being offered something that could change his life in its entirety. And because his expect- expectation was one thing, 
and God did something different, he almost missed out. And I think there's an opportunity for, for listeners to pause and ask, are there ways, are there things I'm asking of God? Um, things I'm asking, questions I'm posing to him in which I'm expecting a specific answer. And I would say, what if God is answering God? Mm-hmm. The answer is just different than we expect. And are we on the lookout for that regularly? Then the second thing you said is that God's definition of good is different, better, and best. And yes, best, higher. Even. Higher. Yeah. Different, better, and higher. Yeah. And and I think there's an opportunity there to say, what do I what do I think is good? How yeah. am I defining good? And does that align yeah. with God's definition? Totally. Yes. You just described my one sentence testimony, truly, of saying, yeah. hey, God gave me something I would define as hard, bad, difficult. And then 10 years later, I can say it is God's loving kindness that he gave me hardship because nothing more has made me look more like him and nothing more has given him glory from my weakness. That's Kendall. So let me, let me challenge you a little bit. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Totally. Help me understand how, because it sounds like what you're saying is, hey, this horrible sickness that I've experienced, Lyme disease, autoimmune, all this, all this stuff, is like, it's actually great. Totally. But your experience mm-hmm. isn't isn't great. For sure. So how do you reconcile those two ideas? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, and to be clear, there are so many nights where the physical pain means me crying in my room, being sad to God that I'm in physical pain. So I would never go as far as to say, I love my circumstances. They're the best. What I would say is I love a God and I have come to love and trust God who has brought good from hard who didn't give me pain and waste it. And so like an example I would share is that I would say I was a very prideful performer before I got sick and God in his kindness has made a really independent person dependent Mm. on him. And that's the good. Yes. And that's the good. And so, or even I get to sit with women who are going through the same thing and I get to boast about the character of the Lord as I have walked through hard and he gets glory. And that's 2 Corinthians 12, where he just gets glory from my weakness. And I get to boast about the Lord. And so I would never, I would never say, man, I love the circumstances. They're so fun. I love God who brings good from hard. Mm. That's so good, Kendall. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for joining us. Any final thoughts or you feel good? I feel great. I love it. Well, as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.